Let me pray. We'll get into it. Lord Jesus, have your way. Holy Spirit, show us what you want us to see. Change us from the inside out. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us enough to make a way for us to be here today in your presence. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the greatest gaps in the life of the Christian family today is the consistent, persistent effort to create a posture toward the things of God. So many times our words wander off into profanity or negativity. Too often our time is wasted on Netflix, apathy. Our phones have become attention hogs calling us to pick it up again and again, checking statuses, messages, playing games, and on and on it goes. It truly is never ending. Today I pray that we will all find that there is more to our home life, to our family, than just living under the same roof. We are called, even commanded in Scripture, to create a healthy spiritual dynamic for ourselves and then for our families. Let me also preface the message today to say that I do not stand on the platform that's elevated because I'm better than anybody. This is just the angle so you can see me better. <laughs> and you can see my flaws too. Let me just also say that the things I'm going to encourage you to do, I really do mean with all of my heart, but at the end of this message, I hope and pray that you would take action, that you would apply something to your life. I don't know about you, but I'll miss the days of the flip phone. You see, I remember listening to preachers when I was a kid in the, in the pew talking about how TV was going to be the end of all of us. And we made it. We survived. But how many of you guys know, I, I grew up in a time when they didn't really call the kid that was having a hard time paying attention in class. They didn't really have what, a thing to call that. It was, get your kid. Because if you don't, right? And, and, and so I, I, I had some of the, whatever the ADD, ADH, I, I know I had probably all of those. But I remember growing up, hear me, I remember growing up and being able to focus on one thing in play or even if, if I had those moments of discipline where I needed to work on math, there were times that I could, I could, I could zone in. And be satisfied in the moment on that one thing. And how many of us now find ourselves when we go home and we've got a big screen that has something on it and then we've got a little bit smaller screen maybe on the table beside us. And then we're even holding a smaller screen than that here and we're... <laughs> and we're the whole time we're thinking, I am so bored. Uh, the technology has 
literally rewired our brain. And it's comical, but it's sad, too. And so when I consider all of these things, maybe, maybe we need to consider for a moment that everything that we're looking at and consuming and taking in. I got a text this morning, just so you know, I don't have it figured out. Apple, there is no condemnation for the Christian according to scriptures, but I believe there's condemnation that Apple tries to send my way. When it says your screen time went up 9% this past week. I look at that, well, the devil is a liar. I don't know where that came from. But really, it's funny, like, I've been trying to get it to go down, and this week it went up, and here I am preaching this message and fussing at the people of God today about bitting on their phone too much, and here I am, right? So, so, I don't, so I'm not hypocritical, I'm with you. But the end of it all, I, I had this phase in, in Bible college where I was determined to take in the greatness of God. And in those moments, I would make a habit to, when I would take a walk, I remember taking a walk one time and I, and I take a leaf off of a tree and I just look at it and I begin to see the, the veins that would go throughout the leaf and the intricate design of just that one little leaf and begin to consider that that this is just one leaf that basically turns a different color and falls off every year and, and, and is renewed and it comes back and it falls off. And this is one little teeny tiny measure of God's greatness and creativity. That when God spoke everything into existence, it, all of these things happened. And, and me and my limited understanding can be in awe of a leaf. And yet, I'm caught up with all of the technology sometimes where I lose the greatness of God. When you go on vacation, sometimes you like to leave your phone behind, or maybe you don't, maybe you carry it with you. And, and I've even found myself sitting on a beach and, and looking at my phone. Forget the ocean and the sand and the greatness of creation. And all I'm saying here today is, guys, can we take a step back for a moment and really be honest with ourselves and say, in the search of engagement, we've missed God sometimes. And in the fall of humanity in Genesis, when Adam and Eve give in to the temptation and commit that sin of taking of that tree. And then God, the Bible says, walks in the garden and calls out to them. Why? Because I believe it is God's heart to have a relationship with us. And we are in a constant battle with the world that distracts us from everything that matters. When you're on an airplane, they always give the speech about what were to happen if the plane were to go down. Which, by the way, why do they do that? I mean, if the plane were to go, I mean, re, you know, really? I'd rather not even have this conversation. I was worried before, and now you're talking about it. Anyway. Anyway. 
They talk about the oxygen mask. And how many of you guys know what you're supposed to, you're supposed to put it where first? You're supposed to put, put it on yourself first and then help others. Because if, if, you're, if you're knocked out, then you can't help anybody else, right? And so you need to care for yourself first and then help others in regards to the health, in regards to the oxygen mask. But so many times we leave that step out and we try to minister in a church setting and we try to help our family, we try to help our friends and maybe we find ourselves in the workplace and say, sis, brother, listen, you need to understand God says you need to be about this and that, you need to spend more time in the Word. No, and we hadn't opened up our own Bible in a month. The very words of life sit on our shelf. I'm getting it at church. No, you're not. You're getting some ministry at church, but can I tell you, there's nothing like reading it on your own and letting the Holy Spirit show you something. I feel in order for us to be ready as believers for what's coming, we better get serious about our spiritual condition. I'll put it to you this way. If everybody in here had to go into a cage fight in six months, you had to. This is not an option. Wouldn't you start working out? That sounds horrible, by the way. Spiritually speaking, the devil, the Bible says, is roaming about like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. Who will he devour? The weak and the sick. <laughs> you want to walk from a place of victory? Exercise that spiritual muscle. Amen? Amen. So today, I really am just walking through it with you and saying, what does family devotion mean? How, how can I do this in my own life? Let's start there. On your note sheets, you've got uh, two QR codes at the bottom on the front of the note sheets. The first one is, it says five by five by five, New Testament Bible reading plan. Scan that, it'll take you to a Bible reading plan that is a single chapter every day. Now, some of you are already maybe advanced and you're like, well, I read, I read a book a day. I'm, I'm reading like an Old Testament book a day. You know, I mean, you, you're there. Okay, this isn't for you. But you know what I did this year? I've, I've, um, a lot of years I'll do the one-year Bible reading plan. Anybody ever done that before? Raise your hand if you've done the one-year Bible reading plan. Okay, moment of integrity. Put, keep that hand up. Raise your other hand if you actually finished it. All right, we got a few. <laughs> All right. Now listen, because it's a challenge, so I'm, I'm trying to get us to a place where we start somewhere. We got to start somewhere, friend. Because if we're not getting any of the word, then we got to start getting some of the word. I've tried to read the Bible before, Pastor, and it just doesn't work. What? Your spirit is being fed. We're going to go through all of that. The second thing that I want you to see is it says truth for kids, but this is a devotional that you can use in your home and in your family 
Not just for kids, not just for elementary. They have resources there that it's a daily devotion. So I'm telling you, put the oxygen mask on you first, get fed, and then do that for your family as well. Practically speaking, let's talk about what that means. Jesus in Mark chapter 12 addresses the religious scribes of the day. Mark chapter 12, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. You see here, Jesus was echoing a scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 6. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, we see this passage that for every Jewish person, and even today, this passage is something that is to be said in the morning and in the evening. It is called the Shema. This word Shema means listen. Before I get into that, the word listen here is much more than just hearing. It's a listen with an implication of obedience. How many of you guys know that when you listen and understand a command or a objective from your boss at work, you're going to go do that. Your boss doesn't feel like if you'll listen, if you respond to the email, got it, that you're not going to do anything with it. So when the command is coming from God, it is implied, it is understood, it is known by him, expected that when you know what to do, you're going to do it. So when we talk about this passage that Jesus talks about, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, another layer that Jesus puts in here is mind. In the text in Deuteronomy 6, it's heart, soul, strength. Jesus adds in this idea of mind. So what does that mean for you and I? How do we create a spiritually healthy home? Number one on your note sheets, with your heart. With your heart. Now I'm gonna unpack some of these words and some of these words overlap a little bit in their meaning in the original text, but I believe that we're gonna kind of focus in on the way we understand it today. How many of you guys know that the word of God is eternal? It does not change. That it is applicable today as it was applicable thousands of years ago. Yeah? So with your heart, the heart meaning character, inner self, center, will. So how can we love the Lord our God with our character, inner self, center, will, and even intention? How can we love him? Well, first of all, be intentional. You may have um, 
told yourself many times that I'm going to start a devotional life, I'm going to read the scriptures, I'm going to spend time in prayer, I'm going to do these things, and yet it never comes to pass because there's not enough intentionality in that. When you change lanes, you're supposed to use what? What is it? A blinker. <laughs> you guys don't use blinkers, I guess. Um, you're supposed to use a blinker. It shows the intentionality. I'm coming over. It either says, can I get over? Or it says, I'm coming over. Depending on where you grew up and where you drive, I know I drove in New York, I was on vacation. There's no question. It's just, here I come. And it happens with the same thing, right? We can be intentional about our family devotion, about our personal spiritual walk. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, reading the passage here, beginning in verse 1, it says, These are the commands, decrees, and regulations the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy, and you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you. And you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Verse 4, listen. That's that word Shema. O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're on, at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. The scripture's clear that we are to be intentional as we walk out this relationship with God. We go down to verse 20 in the same chapter. It says, in the future, your children will ask you, what is the meaning of these laws, decrees, regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? Then you must tell them, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his strong hand. The Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes, deal, dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out of Egypt so he could give us this land he had sworn to give our ancestors. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all of these decrees and to fear him so he could continue to bless and preserve our lives. And he has done this to this day. For we will be counted as righteous when we obey the commands of the Lord, the commands the Lord our God has given us. There's a theme here that the blessing, the substance, the protection, and everything that God gives comes with obedience to the commands that God lays before us. Jesus said, if you love me, do what I say. There, there is no love of the Savior if we don't walk it out in obedience at all. It is, it is our actions. It, is, it, it, does, it isn't our action that earns us salvation, but it is our actions that shows we're saved. Did you catch that? We cannot do anything to earn salvation, 
but we better do different things after we're saved. With your heart, be intentional. Secondly, be focused. This idea of being focused. Many times I, I, I found myself even in my own work discipline that if I don't have a list or if I don't have a plan for the day, then I find myself reacting to everything around me and, and I'll turn around and it's time for the day to be over and I, did I do anything at all today? But if I'm focused and I have a plan, I say it like this, you could plan your work and then work that plan. Your day will run away from you if you don't fo focus on certain things and certain aspects. I don't know if you're a list maker or not, it doesn't matter. But I'm saying focus on this. Get spiritually fed at some point during the day. I, I, I must declare that, and, and I think everybody would agree that we don't forget to eat. I do not find myself going two or three days down the road saying, don't on it. I haven't eaten anything in a few days. Everybody else can testify, right? And yet, sometimes, the priority of the Scriptures takes the lowest rung on our daily ladder. I'll get to it when I get to it. We find ourselves in bed, tired at the end of the day, trying desperately to read <laughs> the Scriptures. Can I tell you, that when this begins to open our eyes to the power that it can have in our daily life, we're gonna move heaven and earth so we can get alone with Jesus. Secondly, with your soul. This word soul speaks of psyche, breath. The Hebrew word for God, Yahweh, has no vowels in it. And you may have seen something that's going around now that they've actually found out that the word Yahweh, the name of God, is in every breath that we take. The first syllable in, the second syllable out. Doesn't even shock me. I just feel like that's how cool God is. The word Yahweh in Hebrew culture is not, one that to be, is, is not one that is to be said. As a matter of fact, it's substituted many times because the name of God is so holy that it cannot be on our lips. This whole idea that every breath that we take, we literally are saying the holy name of God. It's just another reason that I want to get closer and spending more time in the Word with Him. So if the breath, the soul, is how we can love, our, love the Lord our God with our breath, how do we do that? Well, first of all, let's start with recognizing that we have to be emotionally healthy. How do we get there? Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 17, it says the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires 
that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. We talked about in point number one how we're to be intentional. It's our intention to do this. But we also have to understand that no matter what our intention might be until it is action, it's nothing. And at the end of the day, we have to look at our lives and, and we, we cannot really fool ourselves by thinking that this is not a battle that we're waging every single day. The flesh wants one thing. It wants what it wants. The spirit wants the opposite. And yet we find ourselves many times as believers of Jesus, we find ourselves many times feeding the flesh over and over and over again and again and again. More and more. The flesh will never be satisfied. And yet, I listened to a chapter on my Bible app as I was walking to the bathroom at the office and think that that's feeding our, that's feeding our spirit. You see, there's got to be an intentionality. There's got to be an emotionally healthy place where we say, this matters. This, this matters. Knowing that there's a battle, a, a war that is being waged literally every day in our heart of hearts and for our soul. I need, to, I need to share with you that God, I believe, is raising up an army, and I believe that there's going to be revival in the land again. I believe it. But can I tell you something? That if we're not strong, that we will not be ready to fight. It wasn't that long ago that I was standing in, uh, we were in a storefront just down the road. And I was in there one day and, I, and the Lord showed me something. He showed me that our church was as a mighty army. And it walked through the walls and, and, and one, one part, portion of the army marched that way and another marched this way and another marched that way. And God is still developing that dream, that vision. He's still showing me what that is. And, and it dawned on me today that, that there's one that marched that way and that way and that way. Guess what's that way? It's greater life locust. Guess what's this way? It's greater life mora. Guess what's that way? I don't know yet, but God does. Amen? But if you want to be a part of the army, if you want to be a part of the soldiers, if you want to be ready to fight, then you've got to be spiritually healthy. If you can't even pick up the sword, how can you fight? Did you catch that? If you can't even pick up the sword and say, okay, how are you going to be able to fight? You know what? The greatest fighters all the way through history are very good with a sword. They have their own sword. They know how to use it. They know, they know the weight of it. They know the feel of it. They are ready to use it. And God has given us a sword of the Spirit, and if we never pick it up, how are we going to be ready to pick it up when it's time to fight? Amen? Let's get familiar with it. Thirdly, with your mind. With your mind. Proverbs 18, 21 says this. When you're thinking about with your mind, the word mind speaks of our understanding, our intellect, 
Sometimes we live in our own heads. But the scriptures tell us that we are to have the mind of Christ, to renew our mind. How better to renew our mind than to start filling it with the word of God? Not everything else. And when I say everything else, I mean it. I mean literally everything else in this world, it feels lately, is against and contrary to what God wants us to see, hear, and do. I don't know about you, but this preacher's frustrated sometimes. I can't even watch a commercial anymore. I remember back in the day that commercials used to make me cry because, you know, there'd be some kind of puppy or some kind of family getting together. I'm like, oh, look at how sweet that is. And now all I see is the bombardment and the programming of the world. God help us. What's the solution? Turn it off and pick it up. With your mind. Back to Proverbs. Think about what you say. Think about what you say. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring death and life. I love this part. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. That's good. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. This alone, this phrase alone is almost a double-edged sword in and of itself. You like to speak negatively, there's consequences. You like to have the words of life come from you, there's consequences. Guess what? Consequences are blessing. Amen? You're not, you are what you eat spiritually, but you are also all what you say. He must be a word of faith, pastor. No. I'm not name it, claim it, and all this stuff. But I do know there is power in my words. I do know I cannot expect my child to go off to school and to do good after I get, just got done telling them how stupid they are. I do know that my marriage won't be healthy if I walk around my house saying, well, this ain't working, this ain't gonna work. I don't know, you never hear, you never do what I say, you never listen to me. Those aren't words of life. Start today speaking words of life. If life and death is in the tongue, can you imagine if we actually took that to heart and started speaking life in abundance? Hmm. James chapter 3 talks about the tongue and how it's the most unruly part of the body. If you just figure that one out, the scripture says it's like a rudder steering a ship. If you could just figure that one out, many things will change. Husband, wife, start speaking life over your spouse. Start speaking life over your children. We kind of got into a habit as we were, um, when the kids were little. This was something I learned in a parenting class that we used to actually teach when I was a kids pastor. They said to brag on your family in front of the kids. So I I began to start saying, hey man, we got a great family, don't we? Man, y'all got a great mama. Man, we got a great place to live. Man, I love this car, it's a great car. Man, we're having a great time in life. Man, God's blessed us so much. Man, it's cool to be one of the birds. (laughs) Start saying, and so 
While I can't draw a line to my kids used to start saying that and then they would start speaking that and then they would start saying amen. I can't draw a line to that, but I will tell you this. I got three kids serving Jesus. Amen. Pastor, what about my kid? I, I, I messed up. I, I've been negative. I broke them. You know what? We serve a God who has power to take broken things and restore them. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I feel like we're in a place, church, that we got to get some fight in us. The devil's taking ground. I, I'm, I just want to kick tables over again. Amen? I, 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 I can't get angry today. with your mind. Think about what you do. When, where, how often will I find myself in the presence of God? Will my family, family find themselves in the presence of God? Both in and out of the church. If you're relying solely on the kids pastor or the youth pastor or even me, you're gonna be disappointed. You will find that there is still need for spiritual food in the home. You cannot eat once or twice a week and expect to be physically healthy. You also cannot do the same spiritually and expect to grow. In Acts chapter 246, it gives us the picture of what we're supposed to be about. As the very early church was born, the very first church, the scripture tells us that they came together daily in fellowship, in prayer, to listen to the apostles' teaching. They came together daily. How can we come together daily? How can we bring ourselves back into the presence of God? Hear me. The Israelites lived their entire history having to stay away from the presence of God. And yet we can walk into the throne room of the creator of heaven and earth, and we choose not to. The God who spoke everything that we know into existence has given us access to his very words. And yet we leave it on the shelf. Just, I'll get to it when I get to it. I'm not fussing at you. I'm fussing at me too. I find myself studying this just so I can come up here and preach to you sometimes. But God is challenging me. No matter how healthy I feel like I've got my church, if I'm not spiritually robust, <laughs> then I missed it. And the devil, hmm, he better be ready for a fight from greater life. Amen? God help us. God make us ready. Oh, God in heaven.
I want to give you some practical tools. I've got three methods that I'm going to put up on the, the screen. They're how to personally study the Bible. You can write them down if you'd like to, but the third method is something I believe the Lord showed me for you today. So let's go through the three methods. First, it's called the SOAP method. You can find these things online. They're pretty easy to find. The SOAP method. Scripture, in other words, you do your reading, observe. You look at it, unpack it. What is it saying to me? Apply, where does this work in my life? And then you pray. The second one is almost just like it. It's called REAP. Same thing, read, examine, observe, same type of thing, same type of idea, apply, and then pray. I'd like to bring to you today the third one that I feel will make a big difference for you. Prod. David talks about in Psalm 139, he says, search me, O God. Search me, oh God. What's a good way to get rid of junk in your life? Open the door to the Holy Spirit and let him show you what needs to leave. When we think about pride, we're starting with prayer. The scripture tells us that we are to ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom and he'll give us wisdom. When Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, he says the Holy Spirit will show you things about me. So if it is the Holy Spirit that reveals to us what this says, then how about we pray first? Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me see what I need to see. Help me read what I need to read. Help me to understand what I need to understand. And then we read. We do not read to check a box. We do not read to do our duty. We do not read just because we have to or the pastor said. You know, the Bible talks about giving, and it talks about how, how he, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. I, I believe that also applies to when we spend time with God. He, he don't want you to show up to the quote-unquote throne room, well, here I am. What you got for me today? How am I going to get fussed at? How am I going to, whatever? No. You know, I, I believe that the scripture in Psalms again and again and again, we are to enter into the courts of praise. We are to enter joyfully with praise on our mouth. We are to run unto him. Amen. Can I be real with you today? You walk out of here, everything in your life is gonna try to replace this. You think you were busy before? <laughs> Make ready. I'm gonna get up tomorrow at six o'clock and spend time with Jesus. The alarm clock's gonna the alarm clock's gonna break. You're gonna sleep in. Work called. You gotta go in early. Whatever the just be ready for it. Don't be surprised by it. Oh, the devil's trying again. I'm surprised. Be ready for it. How many of you guys know, go into it knowing that the devil's going to push back. You know what I've learned over the years? As soon as the devil realizes he ain't going to win, he'll stop trying. 
You've got to have a determination within you that no matter what, literally hell or high water, you're going to get with God. Amen? Amen? There's going to be nothing that's going to take precedence. And, and, and listen, if this is new to you, it may feel like a trudge at first. I'm reading. I don't understand a thing <laughs> in this book. Church, listen to me. You don't love every meal you eat, do you? I mean, that asparagus and broccoli, I don't know, pick something. Brussels sprouts, pick something. You don't love every meal you eat, but it sustains you. Maybe in the beginning, it'll feel a little bit like a task. I'm just acknowledging it. I can't believe he's saying that. Pastor said reading the Word of God's a task. It's not going to be fun. It's, I'm not going to be able to understand it. I'm acknowledging it. So as soon as you do it, you'll say, well... This ain't all it's cracked up to be. He said I was going to have joy. I was going to have peace. I was going to run through the house. I'm acknowledging it. I, I don't know, guys. If you don't know me, I'm real. Hello, my name is Andrew. And I'm a blood bump Satan figuring it out. Amen? And there's times where I read the scriptures and it's like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a task. But it sustains me. Because can I tell you, if your salvation is built on your emotions, then you're already wrong. <laughs> I don't feel saved today. Who cares? Your feelings does not change the cross. Amen? Thank you for that. I feel like some of you feel sorry for me today. Thank you for that. Now, he's trying. He's trying, Lord. He's trying. <laughs> oh gosh alright I'm going to go to something and I'm going to finish Romans Romans chapter 1 verse 18 Romans 1 18 the scripture says But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for knowing God. No excuse. Say no excuse. <laughs> Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. Do you see that little diss by Paul there? Some people. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return draws near. Dear friends, 
Listen. If we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. In both passages, there's a line that's drawn in between them that says we are responsible, we are accountable for what we know. Some of y'all say, man, now I know. (laughs) And now you do know that there's something about getting in the presence of God both as you as a person and you as a family. What does that look like for you? I'm not here to mandate that and to tell you what that is. But I am telling you, if you're missing time with the Lord, you're missing a lot. So my question is this, the Shema, which is to listen, to understand, and most importantly, to obey. Will you today love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind, and as Jesus said, with all of your strength? I pray that we all do because I really do believe that what's around the corner is going to require warriors. And I don't want people in the camp that can't hold a sword. Amen? Pick it up. Learn how to fight with it and get ready to win some victories for God's glory. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads with me. Lord Jesus, today, I pray that we would lean in to you, that we would receive from you, that you would show us now that the word is life and it is light to be shown on our hearts, in our lives, God, today that everybody in this room, that everyone at Greater Life would choose to obey you and would lean in to grow in that spiritual walk. Make warriors in the house today. (laughs) In Jesus' name, amen.